Everybody stand up on your feet. Before we get moving around here, just look around, just a couple people around you, and just say, it is incredible to see you today. Let them know. Phenomenal to see everybody today. We're excited you are here. Incredible to see you. It's good to see you. So welcome to Only Believe at Urbana. And um, we are people who live by faith. Amen. We, we, by the way, we value relationships, right? And, and we live to be rescuers when we leave this place, right? Because we want to shine for Jesus. Amen. But what we do is we come together, if you're new at this, we just like to worship together. We like to praise Jesus, and we, we worship, and we celebrate our God and our Savior. So we always uh, take time to do that. So amen. So you guys ready to do that this morning? Yes. Amen. All right, let's, let's jump into that together. We believe in one God, the Father the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made of one being with the Father. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he was born of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered, died, and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in fulfillment of the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son who with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. And we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. It's a gentle and thundering 
the Savior Because you healed my heart You changed my name Forever free I'm not the same I think the Master I think the Savior I thank God I thank God Oh, I thank God I thank God I thank God Amen. Amen. Well, we are so glad to have you here. It's so nice to worship with you all this morning. If you're new, we would love for you to grab one of these Get to Know You cards. They're located right in front of you. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. Good to have you today. You know, no, if everybody, if people see you guys loving each other too much, they might think you're Christian or something. I don't know. You gotta, gotta relax a little bit, you know. Don't wanna give the wrong impression, right? I'm kidding, obviously. <laughs> kids, kids are dismissed. By the way, kids' church is happening right now, so they're dismissed to go downstairs. And, um, and by, by the way, having said that, letting our kids go downstairs, um, if you did not know, at, at the plan is right now that the, the Senior Center will be officially moving all their stuff out on the 23rd, so a week from this coming Wednesday. So at that point, amen, right? That's good news. And we're excited for them and uh, them getting into their building, but also we're excited for us because now we can start working in the basement. And, and getting everything ready for our kids. That's good news. Anyway, so tithing offering. By the way, if you have something to give, go ahead and prep it. Uh, 
If you need a tithing offering envelope, they're in the chair in front of you. If not, you can wave your hand around and one of the ushers will help you out. And uh, uh, I'm just going to pray over it this morning. And if you have something to, to bring forward, go ahead and do so. So, Lord, we thank you uh, for an opportunity to be able to give today. And, and I ask, Lord, that uh, for all of us that are living by faith and, and we're stepping into simply following your word and, and, and what you have asked us to do, not only are we living in faith, but that living in faith is changing us and growing us and, and taking us somewhere. And I, I praise you, Lord, for that. So I pray as, as we give today that your blessing is upon us and, and we are giving simply because you are our provider and we're responding in worship to that. And we thank you for all your provision. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen. If you have something, you can bring it on down while they're doing that. Don't forget, uh, Vacation Bible School is coming. I hope you're excited about that because I am. That is the uh, 28th, 29th, and 30th of June. And that's a Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, 6 to 8 p.m. right out front weather. And we're going to pray for good weather right out front. Um, it's for our kids. It's for the neighborhood kids. We have been passing a, a sign-up sheet uh, for help for that night. We got most of it filled out. I got actually, there were two different sheets happening. I got to combine the sheets and say where we might be missing a little bit. But if you had signed up to help out with the Vacation Bible School, who signed up? Several of you did. Uh, the last Wednesday, or I'm sorry, the last Sunday this month, the 27th, the day before the Bible School starts, after church, we'll have a little bit of a meeting kind of fill you in on how it's going to work, all right? So the 27th, right after church, is a little meeting, Then obviously the Bible school happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 28th, 29th, and 30th. And, and by the way, be in prayer about it. Let's pray not only um, um, that, that obviously Jesus does what only Jesus can do, but we have some kids from the town come out, our kids come out, that, that is a, a very uh, a good uh, three days. Also, having said that, this summer, if you didn't know, uh, we are a part of a group of campuses or, or campus church of, of Botkins campus. Every summer, they put on a youth camps called a Pump. And, and by the way, I founded the youth camp 20, wow, some years ago. I started this camp. It's been growing ever since, and, and they still continue to do it. Uh, so there are, are two camps happening, one for fifth through eighth grade and one through ninth through twelfth grade, and they're coming up in July. So if you have a kid in that age, that's... that's uh, grades for going into school this fall, so 5th through 8th or 9th through 12th, and you're interested in your young person maybe going to the camp right when church is over today, once we uh, get Samara and Judah up from the kids' church, uh, we're going to have a meeting about it, so I can give you some details, answer your questions, that way if anybody's more interested, uh, we can get you signed up for that, so anybody interested in your young person going to youth camp. Um, Sunshine Outreach, don't forget, on the 19th, which is, I don't even know, what is today's date? Somebody help me. This coming Saturday, right? Okay, see Benny, uh, they're heading over to uh, uh, the, the nursing home or, or the, uh, uh, the care place across from the, the storefront where we used to meet. It's 10 a.m. this coming Saturday. They're doing window visits there, and it's a wonderful outreach. So if you want to be a part of that, please see Benny. Also, um, this coming Wednesday, how many of y'all are on the Greeter team, the Greeter Dream team? Anybody? This coming Wednesday, real quick, there's a meeting after church with, with Rick just for a couple moments. And uh, two more things. I know it's a lot. I'm sorry, but two more things. Gentlemen, if any of you guys are interested in going and having an outing at Top Golf, how many of y'all like to golf? Anybody hit golf balls? Okay, so if you're interested in that, uh, they want to put an event together. 
uh, what you can do is on that back table, sign up. There's not a date or a time yet, but they want to pull everybody together so you should need to make a date and time and talking about the cost and things like that. So there's a sign up at the back table, put your name on that, or if you want more info, you can see uh, Mike or Josh. Josh is at a wedding this weekend, he's not here, but see one of those guys and they'll tell you more about it. And last announcement is July the 18th. I'm excited about this. That's a Sunday at 6 p.m. We're officially having our church dedication service. It's an all-campus event. Uh, we, we're going to have a, a, you know, a, a mixture of a worship team. Pastor Dosik will, will share a little bit that night. There'll be prayer over the building. So we want our entire church to be here. And then we're inviting other campuses to be here. So we're assuming there'll be a, a pretty full house that night. So uh, mark that on your calendar. It'll be it's, it's simply a celebration of we believe is a blessing for this building, right? Amen. And not only that, but a dedication for what we want God to do while we're in this building. Amen. And it's going to be a wonderful time, so don't forget about that. I think that's all I got to say. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and get them out. And uh, you can turn to Matthew chapter number 18. We are still in the parables of Jesus. And that's a, that's a good thing, right? I'm sorry, I said Matthew. Luke 18. I got your wrong gospel there. Luke chapter 18. But whatever's in Matthew 18, I'm sure it was good, but we're not going to be there today. Luke chapter 18, we're still in the parables of Jesus. And as the first parable that we read, uh, the parable of the sower, he who has ears, let him hear. And we're talking about the parables of Jesus that begin to paint a picture of the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is about, what it's like, what it means to, to live in the kingdom of God. And certainly Jesus told a lot of parables and a lot of them, most of them, centered around uh, explaining or telling or giving truths about the kingdom of God. And, and so we, we see the parables coming together and painting a big picture of what it's like. No parable contains all the truths of the kingdom. He told different parables that, that draw things together and hopefully draw you in. How many know story is powerful? Right. And music's powerful too, by the way, right? Isn't music, why, why? It, it tells a story. So story is, par is powerful. And if, and if you go through the Gospels, you rarely find Jesus ever, if ever, giving point-by-point -point stuff. He doesn't say, okay, let me give four points today that will change your life. He doesn't do that. He got the Sermon on Mount, so it's a rolling sermon through a lot of different things, but he mostly spoke in parables. So Jesus mostly told stories that contain truth in order to settle into you and grab a hold of you. How, how many know you remember a story better than trying to remember 10 points somebody gave in a sermon? Story's powerful. So Jesus used story to con uh, convey the truth of the kingdom. And in parables, by the way, were not unique to Jesus. It, it, was, a, it was a method of communication in that time period. But story, story is always there. And, and story is, is, is verbally how people pass down tradition and all sorts of things. Story is powerful, so Jesus used that. So the parable today is a parable of encouragement. So we just want to take a few moments in this. So Luke chapter 18. And verse number one, he, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Other translations say that they should always pray and never give up. 
Now, now we're going to hit that kind of hard. And never give up. Now, if you notice it, it starts, and he told him a parable. Other translations have the word then there. Uh, you realize that, that when the books of the Bible that you have were written, they didn't have chapter and verse in, included in them. They were added later to help people find stuff, right? So sometimes chapter and verse disconnect things in our minds that aren't supposed to be disconnected. This parable really rose from the things that Jesus was saying before that. So the end of, of Luke 17, you find Jesus talking about the coming of the kingdom. And so Jesus is talking about the coming of the kingdom, and you can go back and read that later. Some of the things that, that the coming of the kingdom will be like, especially when he returns, one is taken, one is left, and that whole thing. So after talking about the coming and his return, then he rolls in this and said, I'm going to tell you a parable. And this parable is about the fact that you ought to always pray and never give up. While what? While we wait for him to come back. So there's going to be a time that Jesus returns. We hold to the truth that Christ has died, that Christ has risen, right? And Christ is coming again. And we live in this age, again, the church age has began. It began at, at Pentecost, the coming of the Spirit in power, right? But, but now we're in what we call the church age, and we're waiting for the return of Jesus. And the Bible says that we don't know the day or the hour. You can't mark on account. Well, it's going to be September 28, 2024, at 9 a.m. in the morning, Jesus is coming back. Now, how many know that would be nice? I'd, I'd mark it on my calendar. I think my life would, how many of y'all, your life would change a little bit? And, and, and especially in the time leading, now, here, here's what I know. If, if Jesus is coming back in 2024, I would still mow my lawn next week. How much still, but how many know the week leading up to September, I'm not touching my lawn. Like, there's a whole lot of things I would stop doing. Right? So we live in a way that we know Jesus is coming. We see the signs of times, right? Um, we know he's going to return at some point. So just to say this, live your life as Jesus is going to come back today. So your heart is clean. And you stand before him righteously, right? But you also live your life like, well, you might live the whole life. Long years. So I'm going to live like he might return today, but I'm still going to mow my yard tomorrow because he hasn't come back yet. I'm still going to go buy groceries and be nice to my kids. You know, the things you should be doing, right? So we, we live in this, this now and not yet. We don't know. So we live as if he's going to, but we live life as if it's going to be a long life. So what Jesus is saying here, there is a time I'm going to come, and things are going to happen. But until that happens, I'm going to tell you a par parable. And the gist of the parable is you must be a person of prayer and do not give up until that happens. You know how many people have given up? They've given up hope uh, through, through the uh, 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 temptations of things of the world. They, they've walked away from their faith, right? Um, we have to be people who stand on solid ground and remain fixed and unmoved no matter what is happening in society around us and never give up. And one of the ways that we do this is that we are people of prayer. So, so let's, re let's read this parable. 
verse 2, and he said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And, um, other translations would have, he was an unjust judge. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, or the judge wouldn't grant her favor. But afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so she will not beat me down by her continual coming. So here's this unjust judge that really doesn't care about much, a local judge, by the way. And this widow just keeps coming to him and keeps bugging him and won't leave him alone. It's, it's like, you imagine he's sitting in, in, in the judge seat and, and, and every day the, the uh, things are happening around him and every day out of the corner of his eye he sees this lady coming and he's just like, oh, really? Is she coming here again? She was just here yesterday and the day before and, and, and she just bothers him and, and to the point that he says, okay, I've had enough. I'm going to grant her the justice against her adversary. There is a connotation in that that means not just she wears them out, but I don't want my reputation to be marred because I'm not, seems like I'm not listening to what this lady's having to say. So there is an unjust judge who is local to this woman. And, and in the parable, you kind of, and Jesus talks about this a second, we'll read this. So in the parable, if you think about it, we're the widow. And we have things that we bring to, but not the unjust judge. How many know that God is not unjust? How many believe God is good? I want to show you Psalm, Psalm 136. We'll come back here. Keep your finger in, in Luke 18, but go to, go to Psalm 136. I, I need you to catch this in your heart. Psalm 136, we'll read a little bit here. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is what? He is good. And his steadfast love, it endures how long? Forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him alone does great wonders, his first steadfast love endures forever. To him by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who spread out the earth above the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. To him who made the great lights, his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. The moon and the stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. And then the psalm goes on to recount the great uh, stories of Israel that have happened because God is a good God. And his love will endure forever. So look at your neighbor and say, God is good. And then a lot of times when you say that in church, you always hear, what, what's the response? God is good all the time. God is never unjust towards you. He is never wrong in his response to you. Sometimes you don't like his response to you, but he's never wrong in his response to you. You may not like what he has to say, but he is never unjust because God is good all the time. 
and his love endures forever. So let's keep reading this parable. Um, verse number six. And the Lord said, Jesus said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And that's in response to her coming. Finally, I'll just give it to her because she's bothering me. Verse 7, and will not God give justice to his elect? Who in this room is elect? Who? No, come on now. Who in this room is elect? You, okay, so will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Now, there's sort of a transition. He will give justice to them speedily, right? Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, who's the Son of Man? Jesus. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So, again, he just highlighted, I'm coming again. The Son of Man, Jesus. He is going to return, and when he returns, will he find what on the earth? Now, let me get ahead of myself. Let me just say this. I don't know. I, th I think I was talking about this with you not long ago. When Jesus comes back, he's looking for what? Faith. He's not looking for success. He's not looking that you are perfect. He's not looking for the fact that you just finally got to the place where you were trouble-free. He's not looking for people that you just finally conquered all your problems. Right? Because if, 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 if he was looking for that stuff, I think the vast majority of us would be in trouble. When he returns... Will he find people still in faith while they were waiting? That's what he's looking for. I think, I think the, the world's idea of success has crept into the church, and it's not good. Don't define your life by success. If you want to find the word in the Bible that is success, Christian life success, that word is not success in achievement. That word is success, it is faithful. If you want to please God, without what is impossible to please God? Without faith, Hebrews eleven six. What God is looking for is faithfulness. That's in response to his what? Faithfulness. Right? It's not about winning everything, it's about staying faithful. Amen. So when Jesus returns, he is looking for faith on this earth. But here's what we have to do. We have to stay faithful. And we have to remain faithful in the midst of life until he returns. So we are living in the world as it is today right now. And how many know there's a whole lot going on? Right? So in the midst of a world with a whole lot going on, your job, your baseline job description as a Christian, and that may be, not be the best way to say it, but I'm saying it that way, is to remain faithful. That you stay faithful in what? Following him. No matter where it takes you, no matter how it separates you, no matter what it does, that we remain faithful. 
through the ups and downs, through our trials, through our troubles, through our struggles, through the good times, bad times, and different times, we remain faithful. Because that's what he's looking for when he returns. Now, if that's what he's looking for when he returns, what happens if he tarries a long time and you kick the bucket before then? What's he looking for? Faithfulness. Is that right? That you, what, what, what earns well done and good faithful servant? Well done, good and what servant? Well done, good and what? Faithful servant. You are doing what you're supposed to do because you're faithful. And, and by the way, being faithful means a lot of things and it, it affects you in, in how you live. That, that's being faithful. But being faithful, where's that? So don't ever give up. Don't give in. Don't call it quits. Don't let yourself be overwhelmed. Don't let yourself be pushed out. However you want to look at it, don't give up. Because faithfulness brings the reward. Right? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter in to what? Reward. Life to come. Life to come happens because Jesus is coming again. It is an accounting to our life on our faithfulness. Not our success, not our perfection, not that we figured it all out, not that we conquered everything, that we're faithful. That's what takes us through. Our faithfulness to what we believe, our faithfulness to a way of living, our faithfulness to the word, prayer, and all these different things that we're faithful. And in our faithfulness, God will see that we get justice. Now, talk about prayer for a second. That we should never stop praying, that we are like this widow, we come time and time and time again to him. That you never, in, in our time of waiting, that you never stop praying, you never stop invoking God, you never stop relying on him, you never stop leaning into him, you never stop waiting on him, you never stop trusting him. That in this time, you don't stop praying. Now watch this. One of the effects is, of somebody who doesn't stop praying is that you never give up. Prayer is an avenue that God has given you. It is not a, a legalistic, religious thing. It is an avenue that God has given you to be with him and connect with him and draw from him and, and lean into him. So you have to start seeing prayer like this. Prayer, how many all ever ask God for stuff? Okay, yeah, do it, sure. But prayer is as much about sustaining and faithfulness as it is about getting something. Right? So that you should never stop praying and therefore don't give up. Stay a person in prayer. In other words, that you are in intimacy with God through prayer. 
And that is not a checklist of, of the five things that you want God to do for you and then you move on. But it's a place of, again, we were talking about this one, to be able to sit with him and wait with him and be in his presence and learn from him, sometimes not saying anything but being quiet, but to being with him, that you should learn to pray and come and you come to God and you come to God. And God's not that, like the unjust judge who just gets tired of you coming. He welcomes you, Right? And just like the unjust judge was, was trying to, to save his reputation by finally responding to her, our God will prove himself just because that's who he is. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love, his mercies, they endure forever. That's the kind of God we invoke when we pray and, and, and the kind of God when we get in his presence, that's how he will respond. And then he will strengthen you, uphold you and carry you through. Isaiah 41.10 said, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Now, this whole thing about not giving up, can you do that on your own? No. You don't have the willpower by yourself to make it. That's why you need to be a person of prayer. Because it's in prayer that we invoke God. It's in prayer that he is able then to come strengthen us. That's why it's not just about praying things and you getting things, but, but we are strengthened in him to the place that we can live in a way that we don't give up. And we see through in faithfulness until his return. So, are you a person of prayer? Question. You just answer that in your own brain, in your heart. Do you take time for him in the, in the vast busyness of your life? To take time for him to be able to strengthen you and help you to uphold you in the righteousness of his right hand. So you feel in such a way, even if you're in a place of life where you feel like life is crushing in on you, that as, as in Isaiah, that I don't have to fear because he's with me. I'm not going to dismay because he is my God. He's going to strengthen me and help me. But, but you have to put yourself in a place where he can do this. So the Bible says that in, in this parable that God responds to us speedily at times. In other words, his timing, and he does things. But nevertheless, no matter what, are you remaining faithful until his return? How many believe God answers your prayers? Absolutely. But there is a sustaining way of living life also that we need to be in because we are in this, listen, long-term discipleship. Long obedience in the same direction. We're walking the narrow road. It's called a road. It's not called the 100-yard dash. It's the narrow road. If you, you pull your binoculars, you can't see the end of the road. Now, now, if we knew the exact day or the hour, we could see the end of the road. We put a date on it. We don't see it. We just know it's going to happen. So we're, 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 we're fixing. We're going to walk this road. 
We're going to walk it faithfully. Sometimes the narrow road, the way is narrow, the way is hard. Never promised you easy life, did he? But he didn't promise you easy life, but he did promise you a road to walk on. Right? He has given you a way. Paul says that the race, the course marked out for you. Right? That road could, could do this. It, 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 there's some inclines sometimes. You can trip and fall and bloody your knees sometimes. Do you, do you give up? You fall down five times. How many times you get up? Five times you get ready for the next one. We remain faithful. Because we know when we're, when we're faithful to him, his faithfulness is, is a part of us then because he is good and he is just and he will help you. That's the thing. He will help you. And he will help see you through because you're living this life of faith and faith is always dependency. Right? So we stand in the fact that we believe that Jesus is coming again. It is one of the non-negotiable truths of the Christian faith. But we also then believe that there is a way to be until that happens. And since we're aware of these things, then there is a way that we must then live and approach our every single day life. Now, again, this whole thing about taking time for prayer. If I was you, I'm not. Let me just, can I suggest something to you? Be like that widow that goes to the unjust judge every single day. That you don't have a waking day. That at some point, in some way, you don't go to the just judge who is good, whose love endures forever, that invites you freely to come to him and simply lean on him and invoke him in your life and ask for wisdom and ask for direction and ask for strength. And ask for peace that passes understanding. You've got to take time to, to, to connect so he can do what only he can do in you. That's the sustaining. That's sustaining. That helps you be faithful. Amen. How many of y'all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant? I know I do. My goodness. Of all, all the things that you could actually have, how many of y'all got a bucket list? Anybody have a bucket list of things? Now, I hope that... Now, I have a bucket list of things I want to do, and they're all just, just natural things. Right? So if Jesus tarries long, I'm going to hit my bucket list. There's some things I want to see. There's some things I want to do. You know, you know what I'm talking about? But your bucket list has, has got to hit the very top, the very first thing, bucket list. I just simply want to hear at the end of my life, well done, good and faithful servant. And if I don't check off any other thing on my list, I got to hit the first one. Well done, good and faithful servant. And that happens because you remain faithful. Right? Every single day you pick up your cross and you follow.
Every day you lean on his strength. Every day it's his understanding. Every day you're doing everything you can do just, just to, to live in a way that you need him. That sustains you through. Amen? Now, I believe in a new heaven, new earth, and I believe for an eternity to come. And whatever that exactly looks like, the Bible doesn't give you this, this complete, I mean, there's certain things, but it doesn't give you this big, complete picture of what that is. However it works and whatever it looks like, I hope you all are there. You know, it sounds weird, you know, cheesy to say that, maybe it's cliche. I hope you're there. And however we get to interact there, we're going to have bodies, you know that? You're not going to be this, this spirit flow. You're going to have a body. I hope we get to ask what age it is. I don't know how that's going to work. But we're going to have a body, right? And we're going to live. You get, get to eat. I hope I get to climb mountains. And I, hope, I hope there's, you know, there's a way we're going to live, but we're going to be there. And it's this incredible reward of faithfulness and all, all, anything that's sort of veiled, and, and, and it, all that's going to be removed. Our relationship with God, as sure as it is now, will be really sure then, you know? There, there is no having to wonder. There's no, well, well, no Jesus in bodily form on the earth right now. I mean, all that is changed. We will be with him in this wonder of eternity. Stay faithful. Don't give up. Don't get sidetracked. Don't get off the narrow road. Don't give up. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. So I do have a question before we go today. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're here this morning and there have been things in your life that, that would go against being faithful to him. Could be sin. Could be maybe you just, you know you haven't been walking an arrow road. You've been somewhere else running around. But the wonderful thing about our good and gracious God is, is that if we just confess our sins, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John chapter 1. That's, that's one of the most mind-boggling things about God that, that I think about when I think about him. There's a lot of things that, that cause me to go, wow. That's one of them. That all we got to do is confess our sins. All we got to do is say, Lord, I, I've just been, i got to get back over here. And he will gently just go, okay, I'm going to help you get back there. Now let's go. All the things that, that, that we, we allow to get in between, he'll just take that stuff and he just moves it away. Right? You just have to ask. Amen? So here's what I want to do. Just for a, a few seconds here. I'm not going to have anybody come down or anything. Where you are at, if that is you, I'm going to allow just a moment for you to square things up. It's as simple as you saying it the way you say it in your situation. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Forgive me my sins. It's that simple.
that you verbalize it. Now, now, repentance, by the way, repentance is not, I just want forgiven. Repentance invokes God then to help me change my life. Right? So don't, don't ask for forgiveness at something in your seat that you have no intention of changing. That don't work. Now, I'm not saying it's easy. But if you're going to ask for forgiveness of something that you know has gotten you off the path or is cluttering up this, this relationship with God and getting in the way, that you begin a life of faithfulness to allow him then to take you to a place where your life is being made new in the area that you're asking for forgiveness for. Isn't that what Jesus does? He, he not only forgives you, but then he gives you new life. He not only forgives you, but sets you free. Right? That, that's, that's living the Christian life. So, why don't you do that? And by the way, when we're done, if you just want to, uh, you have a, something that you would like prayer, I'm going to sit here for a minute. You're welcome to come down to me, and, and we can talk and pray for a minute. Uh, but how about you with, with God? Because... I don't do the whole leading people through prayer a lot, kind of do it sometimes, not a lot, because I'd want you to do it because you need to be able to pray when you're not here as much as when you're here. You need to learn how to just, just have these moments with God. Right? And as much as we need the church, you don't need me to do that. I'm not a priest. I'm a pastor that kind of shepherds here. Let's go this way. <laughs> That's just what I do. Right? So how about this? So why don't you do that? You have a moment with Jesus, and you just take time with him, then we'll dismiss Lord, hear our prayers. And we're just like that widow coming again right now. But you are the just and the good God. That you will respond speedily to our request today in forgiveness and mercy and grace in, in, in who you are. And I, I pray that as we pray these prayers, Lord, that there are prayers of repentance, that, that we begin life change today. There's a newness of life being birthed in us. That we continue to remain faithful in following you. So we thank you today, and we praise you today simply because you're God. We're so thankful for what you do for us and you give us and you provide for us. We're thankful for that. And I pray we live in it all the days of our life. In Jesus' name, everybody says, amen, amen, amen. Well, thanks for being here today. And uh, uh, Wednesday night, we're going to continue the series dealing with struggle. We're going to talk about the struggle of finding life purpose. So come on out for that. Next Sunday, Parable of Jesus. Again, we're going to be in this for a little bit longer. But be blessed as you go if you'd like uh, to have a prayer or just whatever. I'll be here for a couple moments. So uh, bless somebody else as you leave today. Have a very good beginning of the week tomorrow.